Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and today we are going to talk about how to better understand PMS and how to approach period cravings and appetite changes as a mindful eater. And this is a really important topic for me particularly because I didn't have a period for like three years and I finally got it back in 2020. And so it was sort of like relearning in my 30s my patterns around my period. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, just a little bit of a life update. Today is just a fun day. So I usually record on Fridays. And today, my best friend is getting her Spanish citizenship, which is so cool. I also get to go dance to some of my favorite DJs. So if I don't mention this a lot, but like I love electronic music. Love it. And I also happen to have a group of friends that also love it. And so over the summer, there's a lot of these events and we get to go dance. And there's a couple of DJs that I absolutely adore that I get to go see today. And it's in this really cool enclosure in Barcelona that's sort of like a recreation of Spanish towns, like different Spanish regions. So I'm so excited. If you follow me on Instagram, um, I'm going to try to remember to take photos. I'm so bad. Well, no, I'm actually really good at being in the moment when I'm with my friends and not taking pictures, but it's also like I would like to also share that stuff. But anyways, I guess it's a great thing that I am present with my friends. Anyways, with that, I am going to get started with a little story. So as I mentioned, I didn't have a period for over three years. And so I didn't have any cycle symptoms, like literally nothing. No mood swings, no bloating, no cramps, no appetite changes at all. And so when I finally started recovering my period, I felt like a fucking crazy person. I didn't understand my hunger patterns. I didn't understand my cravings. And I didn't see the sort of like patterns between them. And now I'm really clear on what those patterns are. So I know that I tend to have a hungrier day um, that usually starts in the afternoon about four days before I start bleeding. And then about seven days before my period, I tend to be pretty irritable and just annoyed at the world for like a day. And then the two days before and first two days that I bleed, I have a lot of bloating in sort of like my ovary area and I tend to hold a little bit more water. And then the first sort of like two, three days of when I'm actually bleeding are like the worst time for me to make decisions in my business because I kind of tend to think that like everything is falling apart. But here's the thing is that when I was out of practice with my period for years, I didn't have any idea what those patterns were. And so when I started to get my period back and I know like I would be super hungry and it would just piss me off because I would react to it. I would find myself grabbing extra snacks and then being like, why did I do that? And I would blame it on self-control or indulgence. And then I would look in the mirror when my lower belly was a little bit bloated and be like, oh my God, why do I look so bad? Like, why is my belly like that? And so I want to talk to you today about how you can learn to approach period cravings and symptoms with a values-based and mindful eating approach and also start to become friends with sort of the natural ebbs and flows of your body and your brain over this time. Because one of the coolest things, like I'm right post-period right now. I just finished my period like yesterday And this is when I know I'm going to start feeling super creative, super social, and I can take advantage of that. And you can read a million like Instagram posts or articles being like, in this phase of your period, you should feel this way. 
But the reality of it is those are just general trends and you specifically may feel different. So knowing your patterns rather than just being like, oh, I should feel this way at this time is so important because that is what is going to help you become friends with those natural ebbs and flows and be really mindful and present to how they feel and how you approach them. So I want to define a couple of things first. So first, mindful eating. I have talked. I talk about this all the time. And I've probably defined this on many episodes, but it never hurts to revisit. And I don't know. Maybe you're new. Maybe you've never listened before. And so mindful eating is paying attention on purpose to the experience of eating without judgment. And this includes paying attention to what happens before you eat, like being mindful in choosing what you'll eat, being mindful in noticing your hunger levels and how you prepare food. During eating, this is about using your senses and the power of attention to actually be in the experience of eating and tasting food. And you'll notice feelings of fullness. After eating, it's about knowing what it feels like to be full versus satisfied and also being mindful to how food leaves you feeling. And I mentioned without judgment before because this is really important. Often we will say like this is good or this is bad or we'll look at a plate of food and be like this is too much or this is not enough. And so we want to start removing that judgment and that is a big part of what we do in coaching uh, because we often aren't even aware when we're judging but we are not going to talk about that specifically today. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I would love to dig deeper into becoming a more mindful eater. This is one of the pillars of my coaching programs. And I have a lot of education and exercises around how to start getting in touch with your hunger, how to start being present when you eat, and how to remove some of the judgment around eating. And this is really what the Confident Eater, which is my group coaching program, is based around. So inside that that program, you're going to learn skills to tap into your hunger, notice fullness and satisfaction, and learn how to enjoy the experience of eating without all of the like mental drama that's surrounding it. So you can be more present whether you're alone or with others. And why mindful eating is important to our relationship with PMS or pre-period cravings is because, yes, there are physiological changes that do cause fluctuations, but our mental reactions and our mindset around these things is what makes it feel like a problem. Because we'll judge ourselves for a lack of willpower or sometimes we're just like confused, like what is going on? And so I want to touch into like what actually happens to you physiologically around, like in your cycle before we talk about how you're going to change your relationship with all of this stuff using a bit of like mindfulness. And I'm going to give you a really brief, brief breakdown of like psych, what happens in your cycle. But if you want a deep dive into the phases of your cycle and how it affects training and nutrition, um, the Be Well Cartel, which is a podcast that I used to host with two other female nutrition coaches, um, it, we spend a whole month, so four episodes, breaking down cycle phases, how they affect exercise and nutrition, and even talking about uh, perimenopause and menopause. So if you want to listen to those episodes, I will link those episodes in the show notes because those can be really great for like doing a deep dive on your menstrual cycle. But here's a really quick breakdown. So your, the stages of your menstrual cycle are menstruation. So your menstrual cycle starts on day, sort of day one of your period, and that's sort of usually around days one through seven a quote-unquote normal uh, menstruation is anywhere from like three to seven plus days um then we have the follicular phase which is where we're like prepping the egg and building the uterine lining and that's between days one and 14 so your period is included in the follicular follicular phase 
And then we have ovulation, which happens around day 14 of your cycle. And then we have the luteal phase, which is like prepping the uterus to accept a fertilized egg and start next cycle, which obviously that egg is not fertilized. That's when we have our periods. And the luteal phase is usually around days 15 to 28. And a normal cycle is is not necessarily 28 days. That's like the average. So your day, your cycle might be a little bit shorter than 28 days. It might be longer than 28 days. And that is still like within the realm of normal. And as far as what you notice, it is normal to notice mood, energy, and body changes. And so, for example, when you're menstruating, estrogen and progesterone are low. So you may feel low energy and slightly higher anxiety because high progesterone has a calming effect and estrogen helps you feel energetic. And around ovulation, you might notice that you're like hornier, uh, you're more creative, you're more social. Um, And then in the second half of your cycle, in the luteal phase, you might notice that your energy is a little bit lower. And as I said, closer to menstruation, you may notice higher anxiety. Your sleep patterns may shift. There's also some changes in body temperature that are totally normal. And as I said, going into the Be Well Cartel episodes are going to give you kind of that deep dive, but I just wanted to give you like an overview. And let's talk about this, what goes on kind of right around that, that menstruation phase. What I'll often hear when I talk to people, whether it's clients, individuals that I communicate on social media, is I'm so much hungrier around my period or... I have so many cravings around my period or I don't know what's wrong with me, but around my period, my eating is all over the place. And here are the problems. We're often not clear on really how to mindfully distinguish hunger, cravings. So like what is going on physically versus what are we just desiring mentally and the connection between the two. The second problem is we react to these feelings instead of respond to them mindfully. And we also forget that a lot of these like doomsday, anxious, like negative thoughts that we have around this time are just thoughts. They are not directives. They are not facts. We do not have to respond or to to do anything about these thoughts. We can be like, oh, I have this thought and then we can continue on our life. And so the question is, how do we respond to these changes in appetite and cravings around our periods? And there's three main points that I want to make here. Knowing your patterns, practicing a pause, and responding with compassion. And so let's break this down. So knowing your patterns is really about you knowing you. Because I can share general trends with like what science says about what happens around the menstrual cycle, but I cannot tell you and no one else can tell you exactly what your body or your mind does around your period. So being able to really check in with you and know your patterns is going to help you actually understand what is happening with your body. And really important is that if you are not currently tracking your period somewhere that is not your brain, please start doing that like today. And this means like having some sort of app or some sort of tracker that you can add in symptoms, you can add in when you begin and end your period, you can even add in like how heavy your period is. Um, And I know in the U.S., sort of with all the questions around um, changing abortion laws and stuff like that, there's been some question around like privacy and and tracking of these apps. And I'm just going to share with you my understanding. And then I've linked uh, an, uh, an article from Wired Magazine on data privacy in the show notes. But my understanding is if you have Apple Health, and you have two-factor authentication turned on, the data from the the tracker on Apple Health cannot be read by third parties. 
So if you want more on that, um, I've linked a Wired article and it might be helpful for you to look at, but that's my understanding. The bottom line is, is you might actually know that you have shifts around your period, shifts in appetite, energy, cravings, etc. But the more that you can bring awareness to these patterns, the less it takes you by surprise and the more you can mindfully approach these situations. Here's an example. I know that every month, three to four days before my period, I have about a day, sometimes a day and a half, where my hunger levels are very high. And knowing that pattern means that not only can I think, oh, I know my period's going to start in a couple days, I can always look at my period tracker and understand like, one, this makes sense, and also reduce those thoughts of like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I just ate. Why am I hungry? What is wrong? And so I'm able to practice a lot more self-understanding and self-awareness than simply being struck by surprise and not knowing how to deal with it. And I was talking to a client yesterday about this and she mentioned in her weekly check-in, she was like, oh, I don't feel good about my body. I feel like I feel puffy. I feel like I've gained weight. And interestingly, the previous week in her check-in, she had written that she was feeling great about her body. She liked how she looked and she was proud of her progress. I was able to point this change in language out to her and I asked, I was like, what do you think is different from last week to this week? We talked a little bit about how like bodies don't change drastically from week to week, but our minds can change drastically from minute to minute. And when we dug into it, she was like, oh, that's right. I got my period this week. And so one of her patterns is she has a lot more negative body thoughts around this time. And for her, that can often lead to choosing sweets or other foods as a way to self-soothe. And so we are working on building up her skills around body image flexibility, but knowing that pattern of, oh, this is something that comes up around my period can reduce some of those feelings of like, what the fuck? Why do I feel this way? The next step that I want to talk about is practicing a pause. And this is both a practical pause and sort of like an existential pause. And for a mindful eating practice, this pause is where you have the space to ask what is going on right now? And you get to notice what's happening in the present moment. In this pause, you get to ask, how do I feel? What am I thinking? What is it that I need? And if you know your patterns around your period, you might notice low energy. You might notice changes in mood. You might notice changes in your hunger patterns. You might notice you're thinking about food more than you normally do or leaning more towards sweet things. And when you ask yourself what you need, that might be to just like sit the fuck down, eat some ice cream, move on with your life without the drama, or you might need to just go take a shower, allow yourself to disconnect, have a good cry, and like move on with your life as well. And specifically when it comes to hunger and snacking, if you find that you usually eat a little bit more impulsively around this time, practice noticing the urge and then waiting. So first, again, notice. Ask, what's going on? What's coming up in my, in my feelings? What am I thinking about? And then guess, like, where do I think the desire to eat is coming from? And then wait. And in the waiting, this is where you can actually do something. You can set a timer for anywhere from five to 10 minutes and then go intentionally do something else. Like, put your mind towards something else. And then once you're done waiting, you can check in again and see if that impulse has changed. And I do want to be clear that This intentional waiting period is not to keep you from eating. It is to reduce the instance of impulsive decision-making because often it's the impulsivity that makes us feel like we're doing something wrong. And 
this is where we get to the important part. Like, how the fuck do you respond to hunger and cravings in a truly mindful way? And we do a lot of work on this inside coaching because your ability to respond with compassion and curiosity instead of judgment is what is going to move you away from things like food guilt, shame, um, a lot of the stuff we talked about in the last episode around guilt and shame. And this really helps you move into someone that is able to really support their future selves towards that continued progress. And I I will touch on values because you know how important they are. But first, some practical stuff. Progesterone which rises towards the end of your luteal phase and then drops right before you start to menstruate, does not necessarily have the exact same effect on everyone. But here are some things that may happen to your body in the luteal phase and specifically right before your period. So you might have a slightly higher metabolic resting rate, a resting metabolic rate, which means that just like at a baseline, your body is using more energy, which can increase hunger. It's not a huge amount. It's like the ranges are anywhere from like 100 to 300 calories. So it's not a ton. It's like a small apple to like a Snickers bar. It's normal for a lot of people to notice increased hunger. Some people don't notice this. You also might have disruptive sleep. And if your sleep is disrupted, if you're not sleeping as deeply or as well, that can also lead to having a little bit more cravings, higher desire for sweets or carbs, and also challenges making mindful decisions. You may also notice differences in your mood, especially increased irritability or mood swings, which is like the typical, I mean, the typical bullshit that they tell us about women is like, oh, we're always crying before our period. I have to say though, personally, um, in like the couple of days before my period, it is likely that I will be watching dog videos on TikTok, TikTok, specifically dog adoption videos and like bawling my eyes out, which if I do that any other time in my cycle, I'll be like, oh, this is so cute. But <laughs> it's, I embrace it. I think it's fun. I like crying, um, which is crazy. I used to hate crying. Anyways, when we put all of this together, here's what we get. Your body may need slightly more energy during this period. Shifts in sleep patterns can cause shifts in hunger and cravings. And especially if you are someone that tends to be an emotional eater, you might find the desire to self-soothe with food even higher than normal. And so first, we need to notice what hunger feels like. And this is work that takes place all month long. This is not just something that, oh, it's around my period, gotta start paying attention to hunger. No, we gotta practice this all month. Knowing your signs of physical hunger is key for this process and learning to distinguish physical hunger from emotional hunger, from taste hunger, and being able to predict and and utilize practical hunger as well is going to help you determine how you want to respond. And in the show notes, I've linked my hunger guide, which is one of the resources that we work through together inside The Confident Eater. And I've linked that so you can download the hunger guide for free. Also, if you join the waitlist for The Confident Eater, you will also get this hunger guide. This is so helpful for starting to understand your patterns of hunger. And I don't want to insult your intelligence because you're a smart person. But if you're, if you're hungry, eat more food. If you're dieting, this may be a moment where you, as someone who knows your patterns, may intentionally choose to eat at maintenance or even slightly above maintenance for a couple days. Specifically, you might want to add in more fat and more protein. So things like salmon or other fatty fish red meat, nuts or cheese, avocado, et cetera, et cetera. For me, I really lean into my cravings. I don't usually eat a ton of red meat, 
but I really lean into my cravings for red meat around my period and I always have chocolate at home but I don't usually eat a ton of it and I definitely include more dark chocolate which is also a fat in the rest of the month or then I eat a little bit more than in the rest of the month and I also I want to encourage you to give yourself permission we talk a lot about unconditional permission to eat inside the confident eater and in coaching but I want to share with you that full permission, so unconditional permission to eat, looks like you allowing yourself to choose to eat more sweets or snacks if that is what you would like to do. Not because your period is quote unquote making you do it, but because you are a grown ass adult who can choose if you would like to respond to that hunger and cravings and how you would like to respond to it. And part of knowing your patterns is also knowing how choosing those foods or those portion sizes might leave you feeling. So it might feel really good to practice your power of choice and have a scoop of ice cream after dinner, but skipping dinner and just eating half the pint might not leave you feeling very good. And this is where practicing that pause is going to make this a lot easier. And I want to make a note is that we are conditioned by what we've learned over the years that we quote unquote should want chocolate and other treats around our periods. And this is a time that it's sort of like socially acceptable to be like, oh, I can't control myself around chocolate. And it's likely if you do tend to crave those things around your period, you also feel like since I can't control myself around them uh, during my period, I need to restrict them during the rest of the month. And when we shift into unconditional permission to eat and all foods become neutral, all foods are acceptable, you will find a less of a quote unquote like special pull towards those types of foods particularly. And then last thing before we hop into actionable tips, your ability to respond to these cravings or this hunger with compassion also includes your ability to check in with your values and goals. And as a mindful eater, you can practice noticing your desires, noticing your hunger, and in the space provided by your pause, you can choose a response that also aligns with your values and goals. We just had a brief commercial break while I went to go make my dog stop barking. I love her, but she is a barky, barky little bitch. Anyways, we are, so here's an example of this. So last week I had my hungry day and it also coincided with my best friend's birthday. So that afternoon I practiced my pause. I had eaten a pretty solid afternoon snack and I noticed about 30 minutes later that I was freaking hungry so I paused and I checked in I was like okay am I feeling hunger or am I feeling anxiety for some reason I knew that I had a dinner that I was going out to later that afternoon and so I thought I was like do I need food or was I just like excited or anxious for this event and I noticed in the pause that yes I was physically hungry and I responded by eating more food And this aligned with my values of freedom and connection. I was able to truly connect with myself instead of when I was dieting, I would have told myself, no, you cannot eat anymore. You're going to go eat this big dinner. You can't do this. And I would have felt really disconnected with myself. It also aligned with freedom. I was giving myself the freedom to make choices now and also make choices to truly enjoy and be present in the dinner later on in the evening. And you know what happened when I was there? I was able to eat. I ate maybe more than I normally eat in a day, but I felt good about it. I didn't get overly full. And when we got to dessert, I had some dessert. I enjoyed it. 
and I left dessert on my plate, which used to be pretty difficult for me. And so actionable tips time. So the first actionable tip that I have for you is to track your fucking cycle. I don't know why I'm cursing so much today, but it feels good. Anyways, I cannot stress this enough. Becoming an expert on your own body and knowing, oh, this is how I feel and this is why is so much more important than someone on the internet telling you this is supposed, this is like how you're supposed to feel around your period. The next actionable tip is practicing the intentional waiting. So in practicing the pause. And as I mentioned, setting a timer can be really helpful as you start to get used to this. And I want to note that you may feel uncomfortable and getting uncomfortable or sorry, getting comfortable with a little bit of discomfort is like part of life. The more that you can notice I am feeling uncomfortable and that is okay. And this is why I mentioned it can be helpful to just go invest your brain energy and go do something else for a few minutes. It's a huge part of mindfulness and a huge part in being able to like tolerate the difficult things that are going to come up in life. So instead of like frantically thinking, oh my God, I need to do something about this right now, just like allow the discomfort to be there in the pause. Accept that as you learn to practice this, you may be a little bit uncomfortable. The next actionable tip is to plan ahead based on your patterns. And so this is when, especially if you are a planner, like you like to meal plan, you do meal prep, or even if you're someone that just sort of like likes to know what's going on in your life, you can intentionally increase your portion sizes or plan to include treats that you enjoy. And you might, for example, let's say you do like a meal plan for dinners. Maybe you plan to have burgers or another more like comforty type food in your dinner plans for the week. Or you're like, hey, you know what? I know that I really love eating this food at this time of the month. Amazing. Instead of waiting and trying to hold out and avoid it, I'm going to intentionally put that into my sort of like set of plans for how I'm going to eat. We have two more actionable tips. The first one is spend time becoming an expert on your feelings of hunger. My hunger feels different than your hunger. And different foods and portion sizes are going to satisfy my hunger in a different way than yours. And as I mentioned before, the hunger guide that goes into like the four different types of hunger is linked in the show notes so you can download that and that will help you start understanding and tapping into those different types of hunger. And then the last one is to really lean into the SAS model of mindful eating. So this is a framework that we work through a lot in coaching, whether it's one-on-one coaching or group coaching. And it kind of simplifies the mindful eating process into four main steps. And so essentially this starts with an S, so self, so the S is for self-check-in. So this is an opportunity to notice your thoughts and feelings, check in with your hunger. Then the A is about attention. So this is where you put your phone in the other room, you close your computer, and you start thinking of eating as the activity. Even if your attention drifts, you start to get distracted, you are allowed to bring yourself back. And this is actually a mindfulness practice of noticing when your attention wanders and bringing your attention back. S is about your senses. And I bring this up because what is the point of eating chocolate or ice cream if you're not savoring the flavors, textures, smells, and it's all the good stuff. And then the final S is speed. So allow yourself to take a bite of food, put the food down, use your senses, swallow, then you take another bite. And inside The Confident Eater, you are going to build skills to make this process feel easier and also so you can enjoy food more without needing rules or restrictions to keep you on track. 
This is a program that is built for anyone who values healthy eating and also wants to enjoy eating and all of the fun life stuff that comes with tasty food without feeling out of control, without feeling guilty for it. Episode 77 of this podcast sort of dives into a little bit more of the specifics. You can also, in the show notes, there's a link that you can go to my website and check out. There's some questions there that are going to really help clarify if this program is a good fit for you. And you'll also see the full curriculum. You'll see some client testimonials, et cetera, et cetera. And I do want to finish up with this, is that we as females – have like this incredible sort of like fluctuation over the the course of the month and we can get really frustrated with it I used to get really frustrated like when I first got my period back I was like what the fuck is going on like I just want to be normal but now I'm learning to really embrace it because it is another way that I can become an expert in my body and feel really in charge of what I do with it. It's part of embodiment, part of like feeling what it's like to be in my body. And it's really empowering. It can be really frustrating and it can be really empowering. So I want to leave you with that. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave me a rating or a review. If you didn't like this episode, don't leave me either. (laughs) And if you are listening and enjoying, I would love to hear your feedback. Just let me know what your favorite episode was or just say, hey, I really liked this takeaway that I got. And also, those of you that are sharing with your friends and family members, that is like the best gift that you can give me because I love creating these episodes and knowing that I can share them and support more and more individuals in this like incredible virtual way. Whether you ever communicate or ever work with me, just the fact that I get to do this is so freaking cool. So thank you for that. And I am going to go enjoy the rest of my day. I hope you do the same.